This is a tricky one, this, because as Liz said, this is all about changing things and this is our summer series and I've promised to keep things light. And, but uh, nobody, nobody likes it when preachers tell them to do stuff. And I'm always reminded of the thing that my father used to say. He says, a change is as good as a holiday. <laughs> and so here's your holiday, but it's, uh, it comes slightly differently. And we talked about, we started off talking last week about how do we conquer 2023 like a boss, because that's the sort of the, uh, the way that the world works. But we've, we've changed that to how do we conquer 2023 like he's the boss. And so... We looked at the difference in the world's approach to a successful 2023 versus God's approach. But we also looked at the fact that even with God's approach, there is a requirement that we are the ones who actually have to do some changing. And uh, I'd like to ask the question, how many of you actually took my message last week to heart and have decided to make a change in your life in 2023? Now, don't answer that question. It's all right, but let me tell you that if you did make that decision, or if you didn't, this is probably the reason why. Because if you look up here, you can see that people change in four different seasons. They change when they hurt enough that they have to. They change when they see enough that they're inspired to. Or they, when they learn enough that they want to. Or when they receive enough that they're able to. Now, it's very hard to change when one of those factors is not a driving influence in our lives. Once we've decided to actually make a decision in our life through one of those reasons, have you ever asked yourself, what's the reason that we never follow through with that decision to change? Or oh, I shouldn't say never. That, yeah, never's pretty good. Um, because yeah, there's often, it's not the initial change. Sometimes those things are true. But notice that in every one of those, if we can go back to that slide, the word enough appears four times in there. They have enough, they heard enough, they see enough, they receive enough, or learn enough. Now the thing is that, who knows that you don't always have enough all the time. And so what happens when you've, uh, enough has happened in your life to change, but then you find that that enough has sort of run out. You've run out of steam. There's been this initial impetus and then it's sort of petered out. What causes that? We like to call them, well, I like to call them roadblocks. Things that happen which trip up our well-intentioned plans. It can be a change of job, a move of your house, an illness, a new relationship, an accident, a birth, a death. Almost anything unexpected can derail us. And the reason that these things are brought and new plans to change is that we fail to adapt to our changed circumstances with a focus on the goal we've set. We either lose sight of that goal or we let the changed circumstances change our motivation or our focus on what we, we're supposed to do. And I just want to play in a, in a second a little interview of the, from Michael Parkinson. Who remembers Parkinson? You've got to be pretty old for that. Uh, the British actor Sir Michael Caine 
tells us in this interview how, what he learned about this idea of, of adaptation early in his acting career. So let's just... You did have one philosophy, but I, it was use the difficulty. Yes, use the difficulty. What does that mean? Well, I learned, I got it from, a, a, I, was, I was rehearsing a play when I was a very young actor, and I had to come in this scene, I, it was a, a stage play, I'm behind the flats waiting to open the door. There was an improvised scene between a husband and wife going on inside. And then my, they, they got carried away and they started throwing things and he, he threw a chair and it lodged in the, in, the, in, the, in the doorway. And I went to get open the door and I just got my head round and I said, I'm sorry, sir, I can't get in. He said, what do you mean? He said, there's a chair there. He said to me, use the difficulty. I said, what, what do you mean? He said, well, if it's a comedy, fall over it. If it's a drama, pick it up and smash it. <laughs> he said, use the difficulty. Now, I took that into my own life. You ask my children. They said, directly anything bad happens, they go, we've got to use the difficulty. How can we work? What can we, what can we get out of this? You know? Use the difficulty. And so there's never anything so bad that you cannot use that difficulty. In, if you can use it a quarter of 1% to your advantage, you're ahead. You didn't let it get you down. You know? That's my philosophy. Use the difficulty. Also, added philosophy is avoid them if you can. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm with him. Avoid them if you can. But it's just in interesting to see how he, from a simple thing that he learned as, as an actor in his very early days, he took into his life and used as a philosophy to keep his eyes fixed on the goal and not let those little roadblocks upset him. And, and it's interesting, the Apostle Paul actually broadens this philosophy, and although he puts it somewhat differently, there is a, a lot of power behind his words, which is particularly relevant for us as the Church of Jesus Christ. And it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19, where he starts off, Even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who follow the Jewish law, I too lived under that law. Even though I am not subject to the law, I did this so that I could bring them to bring to Christ those who are under the law. When I am with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from that law so that I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. When I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessing. Don't you realize that in a race, everybody runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. So you see, adaptability is having the quality of being able to adjust to new conditions. How well we can continue to see, listen, learn, connect the dots, and change our behavior based on all the information we have available to us. He refers to this ability. Uh, that actually determines how successful our decision to change will end up being. Paul obviously thinks this is important. Because he refers to this ability to adapt again. Also in this letter to the Corinthians, this is actually a bit earlier on. 
But it's the, it's the same thing. Chapter 2, verse 1. It says, when I first came to you, and this, this, this sounds a bit insulting. It says, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that when I was with you, I'd forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling. And my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so that you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. Yet, when I am among mature believers, I do speak with words of wisdom. And you sort of think, well, okay. He certainly sort of stuck the knife into these guys, didn't he? Yeah, you guys, I just came and I pretended to be timid because you just couldn't hack it. But for people who are better than you, I do use words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or to the rulers of this world who are soon forgotten. No, the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God. His plan that was previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. Now, although he's, he's showcasing his own adaptability a bit here, and perhaps a bit of grandstanding, it's, it's interesting that he is able to adopt and adapt his methods, and he's actually letting us know that we should adapt our methods too. But the, the crux of our message doesn't change. He said here in the beginning um, that he, he comes not using lofty words and impressive wisdom um, because I wanted you to trust in the power of God. But then he says, even though I speak with words of wisdom, the message is still the same. It's the, it's the plan of God for humanity. And so our goal doesn't change, but how we actually achieve that goal needs to be very flexible. And guess what? Most of us are not very flexible. Nobody's disagreeing. <laughs> Thank you for your flexibility, brother. Um, the, the, the problem with people is that once we've got our eyes fixed on a goal, our life becomes fixed. We get fixed on the methods, we get fixed on, the, on how we're going to do it, we get fixated on who's going to do it, what, what's going to happen. And we lose sight of the fact that the goal is important, but the method isn't always set in concrete. Even whole countries fall prey to this sort of thinking. Um, when, uh, there's a great example. Who's ever seen, and I know I've used this movie before, so if you haven't watched it since I last mentioned it, shame on you. Uh, Charlie Wilson's War. I've met, has, any, has anybody not? No, I won't. It's, it was made in 2007. Uh, it's actually a great fun movie, um, but it, it is a, a moral story about the dangers of making massive change and then not, not adapting to the changing circumstances. For those of you who haven't seen it, it's basically the story of an ordinary congressman in the US who almost single-handedly gets the funding of the Afghan rebels fighting the uh, Russians back in the, when was this, the 90s? 80s and 90s? Um, th they got funding from the US government uh, from, uh, for about $5 million. And he managed over the course of the next 10 years to get that up to over $500 million. And that resulted in the, uh, the Afghan rebels actually uh, winning over the Russians, uh, thanks to American aid. 
And so the people of Afghanistan were extremely grateful to, all, to, to the American government. And so what did the American government do? They, of course, supported them after the war effort to build schools and to get their infrastructure. No, they didn't. They basically cut funding as soon as the war was won. And guess what arose out of that? The rebels turned into the Taliban who became America's greatest enemy because America didn't follow through. And, in, and uh, you know, it, it's a fun movie. I mean, Tom Hanks, Julia Roberts, Philip Seymour Hoffman, how can you go wrong? It is, a, it is a, an exciting yarn of a movie, but hidden under the simple storyline, which is a true story, that are the dangers of um, political manipulation. There's even the dangers of uh, evangelical Christians getting into international politics. Um, and... Uh, how the name of God can get misused in all, in all of this. Um, and if you've seen it and you didn't see that, perhaps you need to see it again. Perhaps you need to have a, uh, um, a Charlie Wilson's War watch party. <laughs> anyway, um, so, so it, it, even a country uh, can get into trouble because they actually make change and the changes of their, their own making, the change is really successful, but if they don't adapt to changing circumstances, that change falls by the wayside, and in fact ends up biting them in the backside. Wayside, that was very rhyming. So we're back to those pesky roadblocks. What can we do to avoid being derailed by our own lack of adaptability? Well, that brings us to the whole premise of this, this series, how to conquer 2023 like who's a boss? He is. So who do we know who can make the impossible possible? Mark 10, 27, Jesus looked at them intently. That's my Jesus intently look, in case you didn't get it. And he said, humanly speaking, it's impossible. But with God, everything is possible. We must never forget that our plans, our purposes, our goals are all in God's hands. I, I like what Pastor Vicky said earlier about our giving. You know, so often we pray, and, and I think Brendan might have mentioned it, although it was hard to know because he mentioned bin chicken way too often, um, that we often, the focus of our prayer is actually getting the will of God to bend towards getting us what we want. And I can tell you that those prayers don't tend to get answered because God provides everything we need for the life that he has destined us to live. He has called us to be children of God. He has called us to actually bring his kingdom of grace, of forgiveness, of love to the rest of the world. It's not just for us to, to enjoy in our, our little club on, at, at church on Sundays. It's not exclusive. People don't want to be Christians because it's not exclusive. They get in and then discover everybody can. Anybody can get in. And the outside world looks and says, Yo, look at the church, it's full of hypocrites. That's a bit like going to the gym and saying, well, I'm not coming to this gym, it's full of unfit people. There's people, people who jiggle into the gym and they're not muscle-bound, sort of, I'm not going to that gym. But that's, that's what the gym's for, isn't it? It's to make unfit people like us musclier and fitter. But you don't expect to go in, the, I mean, I wouldn't go into any gym that when I looked around and they were all muscle-bound and pecs bulging and all, all the rest, I'd think, 
sheesh, this is intimidating. I'm, I'm leaving. And so we, we need to understand that we are called to be adaptable, not in our own strength, but in the strength of God. A, a, a lot of people, good people, and I think I might have even said it myself at some point in my preaching career, that God will never give you a problem that is too much for you. That God will never stretch you past the breaking point. That, that not, there are no problems on this earth that, that God will let us endure that we can't cope with. That is rubbish. Most of the problems that we meet on this planet, if they're of any significance are beyond us, which is why we need God. God will often push us to our limits so that we'll ask him. Because we're all, I mean, especially those boomers of us who are left, we are the independent generation. Give us a car and a spanner and we'll make it work. Doesn't matter how long it takes or how many other cars we have to vandalise. We can do it on our own. We don't need your help. And as Christians, we often develop this sort of sense of invulnerability in our own strength. We know God, we can do anything. Now, one of God's children, you know, there's nothing that can defeat me. Now only by the power of God and our submission to God can we actually win that battle. And so God will present us with challenges, roadblocks that we cannot cope with on our own. And so if we want to be adaptable, guess whose adaptability we need to tap into? It's God's. We need to be humble enough people to recognize that we can't do it on our own, that we can't be adaptable enough, and we have to be open to letting God determine our path. And that involves something we're going to talk about next week called surrender. Now you thought this week was frightening. Surrender is actually something which is incredibly powerful in our lives that it's probably the hardest thing to do, yet the re most rewarding part of our faith is if we can actually lay down our life before God and take up his mantle, his yoke, and let that be the purpose and the plan and the focus for our life. But it does mean we have to lay down our plans, our goals, our purposes, and lay them before God. He may ask us to pick them up and run with them. He may say... I'm glad you've laid that down because I've got this plan for you. We don't know. But surrendering to his will is one of the most powerful things we can do. But we're going to talk about that next week as we move on. Was it light enough for you this week? You know, adapt, adapt, adapting isn't that hard, is it? It's not. We're all keen on living a life where we don't know what's going around the corner. If we rely on God's strength, if we allow him to guide our adaptation, as it were, then we'll get ourselves out of trouble. Can we all stand? One of the great changes that we can make, and hopefully most of us here have made it, is to actually let Jesus be the Lord of our life. Uh, to actually accept him as the, the change divining rod, as the source of our, our courage, our strength and our adaptability. But to do that, we actually have to invite him.
to do that. He doesn't do that because he can. He does it because we've asked. He can do it if we don't ask. But there's something that he's put into place called free will, which enables us to actually turn down God's offer of a relationship with him. So I just want to offer that opportunity this morning that if you are here this morning, you may have never asked God to have a relationship with him or you may have and you know that you're certainly not living in that relationship. I want to give you an opportunity to actually make a fresh start, to actually take on board some of the goals and the plans and the visions God has for you in 2023 and beyond by letting him into your life and being your Lord and your Saviour. And we do that by praying a short prayer. Now, it's, it's a bit like, again, the bin chicken reference. It's not, a, it's not a magic bullet. It's not something that once we've done, it, that's the end of it. It's actually the beginning of a journey. God has provided all we need to move forward in our lives. So saying a prayer, accepting Jesus as your Lord and Saviour is the first step on a journey that he wants for you. We shouldn't think of it like saying the prayer gets you the free ticket into heaven. It actually gets you a free ticket onto the train that's going that way. So I just, I just want us all to pray this morning, just quickly, a prayer that acknowledges or accepts that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Saviour. Can you repeat after me? Dear Lord Jesus, from this point on, in my life, I lay it before you. Accept your Lordship. Accept that you are my Saviour. I am now and always will be a child of God. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen.